You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Yes, happy Martin Luther King Day to you too. It's weird being home on these days. Yeah, and all the freak show of Charlie Sheen on Dr. Oz, you know, Judge Judy, all the crap. <laughs> That's what's on right now, Charlie Sheen on freaking talking about his HIV on Dr. Oz. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man, I don't miss any of that, not having cable or regular TV or whatever, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't have cable, so, like, that's all that they have right now is that stuff, you know? I mean, uh, Pelicans are playing right now, but I don't have cable, and I didn't feel like pulling it up on the watch ESPN. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Oh, the troubles. Oh, the troubles. Yes, because the Pelicans play every year on Martin Luther King Day, of course, because they're a southern majority black city. Right, is that what they do? They shoehorn, they sh- they shoehorn yeah, they all the yeah. Uh... Yeah, they play every year, and then, and I think they might have played them last year, but it's doubly because they're playing in Memphis. Okay, oh, so I think yeah. they might have played last year too, which makes sense to have New Orleans versus Memphis at Memphis on Martin Luther King Day. You know, does Memphis always get a home game? Uh, that, I believe would, they do. Yeah, I think sense. they probably do. My That's brother cool. jo- Josh and I were talking about it the other day, actually, and what's weird to me though, because the Knicks always play on Martin Luther King Day in the middle of the day, and like I understand like the Wizards playing on Martin Luther King Day, uh, I would understand the Hawks, but I just find I, yes, I know New York's a big city, and I know there's a large black population, but when you think of Martin Luther King, the last thing you think about's New York. Or not the last thing, but it's not exactly like there's. I don't think of any momentous New York related events, you know. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. You I think would agree. like the March on Washington. Okay, so the Wizards should play today. All right, that would make sense, you know. Right. Uh, Atlanta, Memphis, New Orleans, major, major Southern cities with segregationist policies. <laughs> you know that Martin Luther King was fighting against. That all makes sense. Right. You know? But like. New York. I mean, I I know that they, but it's just funny that it's the Knicks always play Martin Luther King Day. Yeah, they. That's the. I mean, I'm from the greater New York metropolitan area, you know. But yes. we've talked about this before on how uh, there's a there's a tendency for me to have some backlash when it comes to like the local product, you know. Yeah, like yeah. Mammoth annoys me. I should be psyched, you know. It's my hometown team. Uh, I could drive five miles down the road, and I'm at their campus. It should be like for the betterment of you know one is the betterment of of the for the entire community. But uh, they just annoy me. Yeah, and Perhaps I think you it's, know something about this. Speaking of Mammoth, I, I was too lazy to investigate further, but. I heard there was like some type of melee that broke out at the end of a Monmouth game the other night. Oh, maybe. Um, it was probably the Iona game, which is... Yeah, I think um, so. They've been two of the better teams. Iona's been the best team in the MAC for the for the last couple of years. Is Jeff Rowland still the coach? 
He's not. They did something silly, like gave him a lifetime contract or like a huge contract when he came back to coach, and then he lasted like three seasons. Yeah, because he obviously is the best player in the history of Iona, or he has to yeah. be the most accomplished. If I had to guess, uh, he's the only guy I would, I would even say went to Iona. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know Jimmy Valvano coached Iona at the beginning of his career. Before NC uh, State, I think. Let's see. The um, the new coach is uh, Tim Clues. Okay, I've which, heard of him. Which you Where would was process, he before that? Uh, Long Island University CW Post, which is actually like a D2 school. Yeah, okay. I've, maybe I've heard of him from being at Iona. Kevin Willard was the coach... Uh, was a coach Willard. of Iona before he went to Seton Hall. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to see what how long uh, Jeff Rulin's tenure was. Uh, let's see. Basketball. Christian Brothers. Ah, it wasn't very long. They made a big deal about bringing him back, and then he, they just didn't. Um, they didn't live up to expectations. And Kevin Willard, whose father was, um, remember the old Holy Cross teams that were were good. Yeah, Ralph back Willard. In, Ralph Willard, who was an assistant. Uh, he was a he was a Patino guy, I believe. Uh, that makes sense. And I think he also coached at Western Kentucky when they were really good. Ralph Willard. Before or after? I the- think it might have been before Holy Cross because I think he took a bigger job. And washed out, and then ended up at Holy Cross. I'm trying to think. He's got some kind of like I know Ralph Willard was always coaching. That's what I know about him. You know? Yes. So yeah, he was so one of those happened. guys. Yeah. So I don't know where it was because he was one of those guys. No matter what, he was always coaching. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What I remember uh, about Iona was because I remember they got they got good in the past 15 years. They they had like a resurgence, and I think they played. Ole Miss beat them very closely in the tournament one year. I'm looking that up now. When was that? Ole Miss. I'm trying to think. That might have even been the '90s. You know. Uh, Jeff Rulin lasted a lot longer than I thought he he did. He was from ninety eight to two thousand seven. Okay, he and was then, uh, he was there for a long time. So he was there when they were good. Yeah, yeah. He came in. They were sixteen and fourteen, and then he ran off a couple twenty win seasons, uh, including a twenty three and eight season in two thousand five, and then the year after that they were two and twenty eight, and then they got rid of him. Hmm. In the Jeff Rowland high times <laughs> went down. Uh, he's now coaching the University of District. Oh, no, he's not. He was coaching the University of District of Columbia until uh, 2013, which um, I was going to say it's University of District of Columbia is like UNO, but it it's not. It's not even really close because at least UNO is a... Division one school, 
I remember Georgetown used to play like UDC when when Big John Thompson was coached there. Right. That was always like one of those before. Now those games have to all be exhibitions. But I remember he used to always play all those small like DC area colleges and stuff. Yeah, they're a uh, they're a D two school that's not doesn't have a particularly good reputation in in anything that it does. Oh, really? Yeah, like, like it's, it's not a, a strict gr- commuter school, I assume, right? Yeah, totally. Like probably totally. a couple of buildings somewhere in the downtown area, or something. Um, so I'm trying to find the the Monmouth. Oh, here it is. Iona Gale's Monmouth Hawks fight after game three days ago. Tempers flare. Yeah, I think it was in the handshake line. There hasn't been much love lost between Iona and Monmouth men's basketball teams the past year. Didn't get much better Friday. It was Friday night. Tempers flare on both sides follow Monmouth's 110-102 victory. Damn, 110-102. That must have been an awesome game. Uh, Gales and Hawks players tussled while going through the post-game handshake line. It was immediately, Chris knows about swollen right now. Yeah, so there's a big fight. I'm going to coach Tim Clewis, who said Friday night that he hadn't seen any video, told ESPN's Andy Katz on Saturday he is reviewing the incident. All right. We don't need to go much further than that. And you can look at video on ESPN.com if you want, but I don't. Yeah, that's all right. We've talked more about Monmouth than we need to talk about Monmouth. Yeah, and here's um, a story from the uh, Monmouth, Monmouth-Iona rivalry gets kicked up another notch from the Asbury Park Press two days ago. <laughs> but that goes to, you know, back to the conversation about the, you know, New York getting uh, a Martin Luther King Day game. And it, it, it's just that, you know, kind of that sense of, of regional entitlement. Of like, you know. yeah, of importance, self-importance. Right. We're New York. Yeah. Of course we would get. Why wouldn't we get? Well, of course. I mean, it's New York City, so of course, you know, it, it matters here, you know. And, and and some of the comments that, you know, for, of the local population, um, you know, go along the lines of, what, what where else are they going to give a game? Memphis? Well, yeah. I you mean, know? it is like everything, like, like New York, like, like New Orleans is the birthplace of jazz, right? But, yes. of course, jazz people went to New York because it was the biggest city. It's where you go for your entertainment. New York will act like they invented jazz. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, it's everything like that with New York. They take everything and always make it theirs. It's true. You know? It's true. I mean, I understand why people go there, but, you know, if you see the way it's based, they'll make it seem like it's their thing, you know? Everything well, is like that with them. Wasn't... There was. Some, I haven't been following. Uh, I haven't been. Fo- well, let's hold that. Let's get. Uh, let's get uh, introduce. Let's introduce the show proper here. Yeah. Hello, and thanks for downloading the two. Sorry, excuses podcast recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders, and I'm your good buddy Liv. And if you're keeping score at home, this is episode eighty-nine, the I Have a Dream edition. Yep. Uh, so um, the debates. I haven't been following the debates. I, I'd follow. I don't the watch debates. I don't watch State of the Union addresses. I don't watch any of that shit. <laughs> I'd follow a lot more of this presidential election if if Bernie Sanders' campaign um, 
logo was Sanders 2016, but it's not. It's Bernie 2016. Yeah. So he lost. He lost my vote he right there because there. I can't even. Or he at least lost my T-shirt order that I would have, or my bumper sticker order that I would have been more than happy to to purchase if if it was to Sanders 2016. But I don't know. We'll see what happens if he gets the nomination. Maybe he'll he'll change his ticket. Um, yeah, but I don't think either way get the nomination for better or for worse. I mean, especially um, since I saw a little blurb yesterday saying Sanders uh, introduces his health plan. Uh, <laughs> we're under under Sanders' plan. Taxes to workers and employers will go up. And I was like, up oh, there's the death knell. <laughs> Because everybody had to know that everybody's going to get taxed under Sanders' plan, but that's why he wasn't saying for everything, anything forever, was because, you know, when right. you're running it's- on uh, screwing the rich over, but the reality is that there's not enough rich people to support everything, you're going to have to tax everybody. Well, absolutely. You know? We just, as much as as you would like to support, and I don't even know what his platform is. I don't even know what his positions are. But uh, as much as anybody would like to support a guy like that, you can't afford to support a guy like that. Yeah, because the money's got to come from somewhere. Yeah, and and the fact is, rich people always know how to get out of paying taxes. So it's not that simple to just say, "Well, we're going to tax the rich." You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. look at Bruce Springsteen. He's all for taxing the rich. But Bruce Springsteen has so many tax shelters. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, he gets a big exemption for being a farmer in New Jersey. And he doesn't do that because he loves farming. He does that so he doesn't have to pay so many taxes. Right. You know? I mean, so when even the people who are pushing for it are evading taxes, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was like Ted Kennedy was famous for like, yes, we should tax everybody for health care. Well, Ted Kennedy was ridiculously wealthy, and he was always uh, – because no matter how wealthy you are and how liberal you are, you're always trying to find a way to pay less taxes. Of course. <laughs> Even of course. if you – the guy I work for, he's all about – you know, he's a hardcore Democrat. Yes, everybody should pay, and they should be all these programs. Yet he's always trying to find a way to avoid taxes. If you really believe in that, why don't you just – Straight up pay your taxes with no, without doing all these um, machinations to find exemptions and whatnot, you know? Exactly. And, and that's just – I don't want to say it's human nature because uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an innate process that I don't possess. But here's what I've noticed between people who have money and people who don't have money is the people who have money know how to keep it. Regardless yeah. of their ideology, their political ideology. Yes, yes. That's the difference. That's why they have it, and I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, once you get to it, and if you've actually made it, like not like these dumb lottery winners, you know. But like, I if take you, you didn't work- win. I take. I take it you didn't win the Powerball. <laughs> no, I didn't. But I saw a thing in twenty twenty the other night, and they were showing us one woman. Uh, and theoretically, it looked like it was going to be a positive story about a big lottery winner. But then even that concluded with, uh, after this report, she filed bankruptcy. 
<laughs> it was a lady in California who had won a two hundred something million dollar lottery. She was like, I invest in good stuff, you know. She has two Bentleys that are worth four hundred thousand dollars. Like, <laughs> and she she's like, and then they, you know, after she filed the bankruptcy and she's like, I just made some poor investments. It's like, well, because you're not a person that knows anything about money, really. That Mark Cuban had a good um, had oh, a, his a, advice a, about for, yeah, if you uh, becoming the lottery? to becoming suddenly rich, and he said, yeah. if if you didn't have money yesterday and you get money today, you're not going to be if you if if you were if you didn't have money yesterday and you were unhappy, if you get money today, you'll be unhappy. It's yeah, like, it's money. It's not magic. Yeah, but he said if you were happy yesterday. And you get money today. You'll be happy today because let's face it, it's money. And then his yeah. third was, uh, if you didn't invest successfully before you had this money, don't invest your money after you have it because you're not all of a sudden going to become fiscal fiscally savvy. Yeah, I mean the problem is like this lady. I don't know what she invested her money in, but. The idea that she doesn't have her money diversified and stuff that just guarantees you interest. You know, the idea that it makes it sound like she had it all tied up, like in straight up, like investments of stuff that could go belly up, you know? Right. You know, like, I don't know why you would do that. Another thing I was thinking, they never do it. But if I won $500 million, you know, because it was three people won it, you know? Yeah. And after they took out the taxes, I'd probably annuitize it. You know, like okay. I wouldn't take the lump sum. Right. It'd be a hell of a lot harder to lose all the money, but people always take the lump sum. Yeah. Is that what do you know? And I don't know. I don't play the lottery or, or really even have an interest. But is is the annuity. Does that pass on? I, it, I don't know. I don't know how it does. But, you know, I mean, if you're getting. Half a billion dollars annuitized, though, you know? I mean, oh, it's still enough to make, let you live, and it's still enough to justify taking the annuity. Yeah. I mean, to, you know, we got, justify taking people the annuity. always want the lump sum. Like, you know, we had clients who we try to encourage them to annuitize. And the one out of every 50 that you could encourage to get annuitized, you know, within a couple of years, he's trying to sell it. Because it's like, if... Like Mark Cuban says, or whatever, like anybody knows, if you didn't have money and people just give it to you, you don't know how to, you don't know how to handle money, you know? Right. right. So that's why, you know, that's why you should annuitize stuff. I mean, I don't know. I, the other side of it, like the people the other day I saw that want the ones from Tennessee, they're like, we're taking a lump sum. They're like, because tomorrow's not guaranteed. All right. I get that. You know, they were probably in their 50s or 60s like screw it you know we could be dead next week might as well get it all at once you know right but uh but personally i would because even if i died in a year who cares you know it's not like oh too bad you didn't spend all 500 million dollars or 300 or whatever i would have had left after taxes <laughs> you know it'd be like brewster's million yes yes <laughs> <laughs> An underrated Richard Pryor vehicle. Uh, I love that movie. I remember going to see that when it came out at the 
you know, we went like on a family outing to see that. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember my mom, dad, and my brother, Josh, and my two sisters. We all went to go see that movie together. <laughs> I love that movie, you know? Plus, I that... loved it because at the time, you know, there was he was an athlete. You know, he was a baseball player, so it had all that gone in it, too, you know? It was when I learned of Jerry Orbach. <laughs> and John Candy was in it, too, you know? Like, it was a... It was a great cast. <laughs> he, um, that was right around the same time as, uh, as the toy, right? A few years later. I think the toy was like 80 or 81 and Bruce's Millions was probably like 1985. Cause but it's, we when, never went- it's when Richard Pryor, you know, from, what is that? Like the mid seventies through the mid eighties, he was really hot. You know, he was always making movies. Yeah, I um we didn't go see movies as a family. Uh, oh, really? We went to see Star Wars. Yeah. Um, my brother, my dad, my mom, and I. And then after that, it was just kind of hit or miss. Maybe we saw something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But see, Star I remember- Wars was the type of thing my dad would never go see. That that was the since I had a brother that was I I will, I'll say ten years older than me. I'm not even gonna mention AJ because he didn't take us to the movies. The oldest brother, but my brother Chris, he used to. I used to go to movies with him a lot. Star Wars was the movie, you know, you would go see with him, you know? Okay. But I remember watching all those, uh, all of those Richard Pryor movies on VHS. We were... Yeah, like Stir every, Crazy. Yeah, Stir Crazy, Bustin' Stir Loose. Stir Crazy's great. Yeah, Bustin' Loose, yep. The Toy, Some Kind of Hero. Uh, yeah. yeah, Brewster's Million was 85. That was kind of like the last uh, of that that like Richard Pryor being Richard Pryor comedy run. Yeah, I mean he had all those Gene Wilder movies like Stir Crazy, Silver Streak, what was the one? Was it Hear No Evil, See No Evil, whatever? Where he uh, was that... like blind and Gene Wilder was deaf or something. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, yeah. Um the shame is but... Gene Wilder's still alive, but you never hear anything about him anymore. Yeah, he must be sick or something, right? Because usually that's what happened. Who died recently that was, um, that was like, oh my God, I can't believe they died. But then it turned out that he had David Bowie. De- oh, David Bowie. Yeah, because David Bowie didn't tell anybody he had cancer. They had cancer. There was yeah. somebody else that like had dementia or, um, yeah. or Alzheimer's or something. You know, that happens when you're yeah, like, oh my yeah, God, yeah. I didn't know they were still alive. And then you find like out Schneider? why. Schneider. What Schneider did he died have? last week or two weeks ago. Pat yeah, Harrington Jr. He was 86. I can't believe that. I saw yeah, that. I Schneider was like um, in probably in, you know, either World War II or right after it, you know? Right. <laughs> Which is funny because that show, I don't know. Have we ever talked about Valerie Bertinelli? That I love Valerie Bertinelli? <laughs> no, no. I didn't. Any, any so, incantation of Valerie Bertinelli? Whether it's so you were like, a big fan of Hot in Cleveland? Uh, the, everything she's ever done. Her entire body of work. Well, you pissed like, at Eddie Van Halen when you married her back in the day? I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was, because when I first um, started watching her, I was a little kid. And it was, um, whatever, the show, the Schneider show. One yeah, day yeah. at a time. One day at a time. One day at a time. Da, 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 da. I mean, the thing then, that's weird to me, I'm, like, like, I, I don't want to interrupt your Valerie Bertinelli thing, 
But not too long ago, I saw how old Schneider was. Like in the past few years, I was like, man, that guy was that old. And so when he died, I saw he was old. And it still blew me away. The idea, because in my memory, I don't think of a 50-something-year-old dude playing Schneider. You know? Right. that's what he was. He was a 50-something-year-old dude playing Schneider. All right. right, Back to your love affair with Valerie Bertinelli. (laughs) (laughs) So... As a little kid, let me see when that show started. 78, I want to say. 75. Yeah, it was late 70s. Yeah, mid to late 70s. Because the, the one day at a time I remember did not involve Mackenzie Phillips because I was too young to remember those episodes. Yes, okay, because she left in the middle of the, um, in the, little, in the, middle of the series. And, yeah, well, uh, I remember like the last few years up to like 1984 or whatever, whenever it went off the air, you know? So that's, I probably picked it up in like, 80, 81, halfway through the series. But then it went into syndication, so then I caught it back, you know, from the beginning, and it kind of reinforced it. But 84, I'm I'm 11. Yeah. You know, and, like, that's that's the time when you, you know, you start to have, like, a TV crush or whatever. Um, And then... stuff happens, and you're like, what's happening to me? (laughs) 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 You know. <laughs> Ooh, Valerie makes me tingle. Yeah. <laughs> I feel weird every time I see Valerie Bertinelli on TV. <laughs> At least it wasn't Bonnie Franklin. That would Who weird. also must have been like a hot actress. Not hot in terms of physicality, but like a prominent actress back then. Because she won all kinds of awards and was... Yeah, like Linda Lavin. Yeah, exactly. Who that actually time I period. saw on a TV show recently. Oh, she was on that TV show, Mom. Linda Lavin was playing like the future mother-in-law of one of the characters. <laughs> I was like, that's uh, Linda with Lavin. Alice and Janney, that Alice and Janney show? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And she was like a, a Serbic Jewish woman she was playing. Okay. And I was like, it's Linda Lavin. From <laughs> Alice. Because obviously... Just like Bonnie Franklin at that time, because their shows were on basically at the same time, on the same network, I believe. They were both, like, very big stars. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Linda Lavin was in the Muppets Take Manhattan, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> was she really? <laughs> yeah. You go yeah. deep into that Linda Lavin lore. Outing. That was a family outing movie. Okay. All right. my dad loves the Muppets. But he hates Star Wars. Yeah, that's science fiction. But he always loved the Muppets. Okay. You know? And, like, he he took my brother and I to see Popeye, the Popeye movie, with Robin Williams back in the day, because he loved Popeye. Right. Uh, I remember going to go see Song of the South when they re-released that. That was probably, like, in 81. Something they probably will never re-release again. And that is, like, my dad's favorite movie of all time, Song of the South. (laughs) Wait, I have to look that up. Because I, I think I know. That's Uncle what that's Remus about. and Br'er Rabbit, the Disney yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah with okay. Mixed animation and live action. And yes. obvious reasons why they will never re release it again. <laughs> you know? It's considered very racist, you know? Right. But, uh, but it wasn't considered so horrible in 1981 or whatever when they did re release it. <laughs> 
Right. I, I thought that's what it was. I didn't want to speak out of turn. Yeah, no. zippity doo da, zippity hey. All right, I'm sorry. We're interrupting Valerie Bertinelli stories again. <laughs> How can I come back from that? Oh, no, One Day at a Time's on TV right now. That's what I was going to say. On Legends Channel. Right? Is that It's called the Antenna cha- Network. So, yeah, the Antenna Network. Yeah, yeah, Antenna TV. It's the same same crap basically. Yes. They have like every single great 80s uh, late 70s early 80s sitcom you could imagine. Yep. Um Family they, Ties comes on this channel. Yes, yeah. and then it goes like in in as you would progress from afternoon TV to prime time, and the prime time is like All in the Family, the Jeffersons. Yep. Like and exactly you know what they what have on here see. now on this station? Uh, they start on they start on January first of this year. They show old Johnny Carson's. Yes. And I will tell you something awesome because there's another channel. It's a separate channel. It's not the same company. In fact, it's it's run on a broadcast station that because these are all over the air. Uh, networks, you know, so they're right. uh, you know they're owned by local stations who are broadcast on their other, you know, um, whatever their other networks, you know, their other transmission signals they have, you know, like right. like the local ABC affiliates channel twenty six dash one. This is twenty six point two. Well, there's an NBC affiliate six point one. Then they got six point six dash two is. Me, Memorable Entertainment Network. They're, they, you know, they show all the old TV shows too. They show the Rockford Files. So, but they showed Johnny Carson on this on on this station. So last night I'm watching Johnny Carson, you know, and it was probably from like 1978 or 79, I think it was, and it was back. You know, Johnny Carson used to be an hour and a half long. Okay. So it was one of those, it was before, this must have been, it was probably one of the last years they had the hour and a half long version. But that's how it was for most of the Johnny, or at least half of the Tonight Show Johnny Carson, half of its run was an hour and a half. Um, So he had Goldie Hawn on there. There was Buck Henry, who is hilarious. Um, Do you know who Buck Henry is? Uh, I I have a picture in my mind. He was what a was comedian and director. Like he directed, he was on there promoting the movie Heaven Can Wait that was going to come out that summer, which was a favorite movie of mine growing up. That's a movie where Warren Beatty plays for like the LA yes. Rams and he dies and they send him back to Earth or whatever. You know, uh, it's a great movie, or in my opinion, it's a great movie. But uh, and then he had this guy Dennis Dugan. Now Dennis Dugan, he was in. What was the movie? It was like an astronaut and the astronaut King Arthur or whatever. It was a Disney movie when we were kids, like in the late 70s. But Dennis Dugan, more prominently, I don't know how he swung this deal. What I know of him now is he directs all the Adam Sandler movies. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Like if you if you go through IMDb, Dennis Dugan is the director of basically every Adam Sandler movie going back to like Happy Gilmore. Maybe not everyone, but almost everyone he's directed. And he's usually he usually is in them too. You know, he usually has a bit part in all those movies. But but this is nineteen seventy eight or seventy nine. He's on there promoting this is all news to me. He's like Johnny Carson's like, We got a new actor out, he's he's 
You can see him on Rockford Files, and he will soon be on a new show called Richie Whatever, Private Eye or something like that, or Private Investigator. So he comes out there, and apparently he was on, uh, he was promoting, he was worked into a couple episodes of Rockford Files, because they were going to spin him off into his own uh, TV series. I'm like, I've never heard of that show at all, you know? Yeah. Which is crazy. And uh, and he was on there, and he was with Johnny through two segments, because it was an hour and a half long show. And they showed a clip from this episode of Rockford that he was on that was part of spinning it off. It was a two-parter Rockford. And then this morning when my mom was here, well, this afternoon, technically. Uh, no, it was this morning, because it came on at 11. We're, we had on the other station, I turned it on that, that me TV because... You know, 11 o'clock, Price is Right ended. You start getting the soap operas. So I turned right. on and Rockford was on. I was like, good, I watch Rockford. And then, lo and behold, it's the episode with Dennis Dugan that they were, prim- like, at one point they show him and he's in a hotel room at Rockford or motel room talking. And I'm like, Mom, this is so weird. Last night on tonight's show <laughs> that they were showing on this other network. It's a different network and not even affiliated with this one. They were, they happened to show the Johnny Carson where this guy was promoting it. And the clip they showed was this clip. I was like, this is so <laughs> weird. And I looked it up and the show lasted for six episodes. The show that they spun off. I was like, this is Dennis Dugan. He was, you know, and Johnny Carson's like, well, I hope you great success and hope you're here again. I was like, well, I guess those were famous last words because I'm sure it was the last time he was ever on Johnny Carson. Right. <laughs> but it was so weird that today on another network, they're showing that Rockford Files with that clip, you know? That's funny. Yeah, I mean, good for the guy that he made it. and be- I don't know how he must have become buddies with Adam Sandler somehow. I don't know how that happened, that this guy directs all Adam Sandler's movies. You know? Yeah. Like, he was in Happy Gilmore, he directed, but I also know he was one of the... I'm pretty sure he was one of the tour executives in in Happy Gilmore. I can specifically tell you what role I know he played in the movie Big Daddy. You ever see Big Daddy? Yeah. They got a scene where it's like Halloween. They go knock on a guy's door, and a guy wants nothing to do with Halloween. And he's like, leave me alone or whatever, and... Adam Sandler makes the guy come out and give the kid something. Well, that yes. was Dennis Dugan in that scene. <laughs> okay. All right. Are you IMDB in him right now? I am. I am. <laughs> you probably remember that Disney movie because it's the type of movie we all saw as kids. I'm trying to see why he got hooked up with Sandler. Yeah, I didn't. Inv- they don't say anything in the bio on IMDB, and I guess I could have. Research it further, but I was busy trying to cook and stuff, so I didn't look further into it. But there's got to be a story how this guy got hooked up to become Sandler's personal director. <laughs> I mean, he's done some pretty good stuff, but as, like, on the fringe. It, after, yeah. uh, after the Rockford stuff, he did MASH. Yeah, I mean, Hill I Street think he probably, was, he probably was all bit parts and everything, you know? Totally. Yeah, like yeah. a couple reoccurring roles in each of these stops, you know? Yeah. But still, still, Moonlighting. Yeah, yeah, and, couple, and he, even directed, you know? he even directed some episodes of Moonlighting. 
I think he might have directed the last Moonlight that ever showed or something. Hey, he was married um, to Dick Van Patten's daughter. Yeah, I was wondering how he that related to Dick Van Patten. It's his daughter? I'm pretty sure Joyce Van Patten was... Because Dick Van Patten had a few kids who were all in the business. You know, I know there was a son who might have been like in one of those like kind of uh, teenage uh, TNA type of movies that used to come on like um, was <laughs> used to come on like USA up all night type of things. You remember those? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, hey, speaking of uh, of these digital channels, I have a question for you. Oh, oh, Dick Van Patten is Joyce Van Patten's older brother. All right. Okay. All right. Damn, she's way older than than friggin' Dennis Dugan. She's fifteen years older, or eleven years older, or eleven or twelve years older than him. Oh, All right, go Dennis Dugan. Um, how often do you have to reset your chat? Like. How good of a reception do you get? I know you said every once in a while the you know if a truck drives by or yeah. if it rains or whatever, but I can't get channels ever. Like I can't what, keep consistent. What kind of antenna do you have? That's a good question. It's the just fact like it of the like... matter is you got to invest in a good antenna. Okay, I, I spent like fifteen bucks. Yeah, that's what I had originally. A little RCA thing that I bought from. Best Buy for fifteen bucks, but the one yeah. I have now—it's not the—it's—it's it's way better than the other one I had. But it's—it's it's a Mohu M O H U Leaf, and um, sometimes stuff's choppy, but usually, as long as there's no disturbances, I can get like. What you'd probably get a hell of a lot more stations than I could if you ran one because you're an because where you're located, you know? Right. There's a lot more stations because you're in a huge, bigger metro area. But um, the one station I never have problems with, just because it's the best station around here, so they probably get the best signal, is the is the CBS affiliate. But everything else, normally it's fine. But I, I'd probably get 30-something channels. Oh, wow. No, I don't even come anything close to that. I Mine looks similar to yours in the in it's got... You know, just this like piece of papery yeah. type of thing, um, and I've got it. It says that you know, hey, just just tape it to your window or connect it to your window, yeah, and you'll be fine. But I have mine outside, oh, okay, because that's the only way it could even get anything. You know, the problem with where you are too, probably, which doesn't help. You're in a area that probably has more hills and stuff, you know. Like between no, you, between you and the towers. Well, I got to do some research on where the towers are, but um, there's a website I'm on the- you can look at that tells you what to do. You know, what I think you probably would probably be the best course for you uh, is probably putting one on your roof. I mean, you That's can get what- like a hundred something dollar one to put on your roof, you know, and you'd really probably get really good reception. You know. Yeah, I mean, and they for don't a look- while I was leery about even paying money for this thing. I was like, I'm going to pay fifty bucks. Luckily, I found like they were selling refurbed ones okay. on a, for like twenty bucks, so I bought it. You know, but uh, but I always think I'm like, why am I 
you know, I'm not going to pay cable at all, but I'm freaking out about paying 50 bucks for an antenna. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I know you can pay like 100 something to get these really nice ones to put on your roof or even in your attic. It, they can work in your attic too. Another, it's a Mohu too, you know, M A M O H U. They sell it at Best Buy. When I, when I first thought about, you know, and maybe eventually I will have to do that if I decide to put TV in my room. You know, because right now it's all jack-legged. But I have it in the window. And the pro- what kind of sucks is the heat made it warped, you know. But it still works. You know, the heat of just being in the window. And it's plastic, you know. Right. But um, occasionally I got to move it down. But now I have, I have it with these sticky things. And it won't stick up if I move it too many times. So I'm just like, fuck it. I'll deal with the the choppiness or whatever. I just won't watch the channel when it's choppy. Screw it. You know, anything that I want to watch over air that's new, I'm able to watch like on um, Hulu or whatever, you know, which I pay $8 a month for. So if I can't watch it, I just say screw it, you know? Right. See, between me and... um, So I found a a site called Antenna Point Transmitter Locator. And I assume that's PA. So each of these transmitters is a different television station, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between me and New York City is 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 a straight shot because I'm on the water. Hmm. Yes. So it's just getting the antenna in the right position. And right now, I don't think I have it high enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, it, 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 I found the. Uh, I th- I'm trying to I see if I got. I got a couple of sites that I had. Um, that I had uh, bookmarked, but let me see if I can. Digital TV, multiple. Let's see what's this one. Antenna Web. Where you put in your address. AntennaWeb.org, and you put in your address information, and I think it tells you. It provides you all the places around you or whatever. Yeah, all right. I'll have to uh, check that commit. one out. AntennaWeb.org. Maybe this spring. You're not going to look at that website till the spring? No, 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 no. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I put a calendar reminder. Yeah. Come springtime, I will peruse your website. Uh, maybe in the spring. Okay. <laughs> well, because now, um, well, unless I was going to commit to more than 30 feet above the ground level, yes, because that's what I would do. I would try to, no, 30 feet, that's bigger than my house. No. Um well, what I would try to do if I was going to do something would be for the football games coming up, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But See, that's the, the pain in the ass about it. Because I thought about doing it at my house, like getting on the roof or something, or even Atticus. You still got to get the wiring into your house. Mm-hmm. You know, which means got to drill a hole or something somewhere, you know? Right. Yeah, and right now I'm just running it through a window. It's pretty ghetto. Yeah, I mean, like mine, I, I have the wire running from the back of the TV and stuck behind, which are temporary blinds anyway. Temporary blinds have been up for over a year. Um, 
But the issue, the other issue I have is like in my living area, like the TV area, it's the front part of the house. So there's, they don't, they have an attic, but it's not a real attic. You know, it's kind of like there's a crawl space up there. You know? Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. So it's a real pain in the ass. And I mean, I haven't even gone that far back in the attic where it connects to this part of the house, you know, for one climbing the axe, a pain in the ass, you know? So I, it's, it's not any, um, I mean, I guess I could always buy a hundred feet of cable and wire it along the wall, like where the ceiling meets the, you know, or along the floor where the floor meets the wall or something, you know, but I don't know. It's just something I haven't put a TV in the other room yet. So it's not an issue right now, you know? Yeah. So this works I, fine um, for the time being. The I, I didn't run in. See, I've gotten every station at least one time. Yeah. So I know that the signal exists. It's it's a matter of getting a, a reasonably, um, reasonably consistent feed. And again, it's not going to come into play until until football season next year anyway. So. Um, I might not worry about it for a while, but wanted to see, like, was it worth worrying about or should I just chalk it up to, you know, whatever. It's just going to suck always. Yeah, I think you should just, you know, you can probably get what I have probably less than 50 bucks for this. It's the 35-mile one because they make one for 50-mile and they make one for 35-mile. You probably, you know, I don't know. I don't know, but whatever. They they are good, the Mohu ones, you know. Oh no no! I might need the fifty mile one. Oh yeah 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 where you are yeah. Because uh, the towers it appears are Midtown Manhattan and Southern Manhattan for the different stations. Uh, um, how far away is that from you? It's about forty five miles. Well, yeah. as if I were to do as they say, as the crow flies, um, it's probably borders on just over thirty. Yeah, yeah but. Yeah. That's why. That's probably why I'm running into the problem. Yeah, you don't have a strong enough. I don't have a strong enough antenna. Yeah, and you should get an amplifier too. I mean, you can get, get the amplified one. I think the fifty ones are amplified. You know, I just right. have a little plug and amplifier into mine. You know, uh, I think that I, I've read about that the amplifier also gives problems sometimes when the cars pass because. You know, since it amplifies everything, it's also amplifying the effect from the car on the antenna, but whatever. <laughs> if I could get that on the third floor, the peak of my third floor, right outside the window or something, uh, that would get over the house next door. Okay. And then I think I'd have a straight shot to the to the tower. And that one you showed me, the one you were telling me about, is uh, is a 60-mile uh, range, and it's 150 bucks, and it's an external... Yeah, that's- the one that looks like like it's like both sides like it looks like two uh, two boomerangs. C's fa- yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yep, yep. Yeah. And that thing's supposed to be really good. And I did look at it because when I was first moving in here, I'm like, well, I'm cutting the cord. It's just that I haven't needed to do it yet, you know, and the whole logistics yeah. of it. But it is a. Uh, but I think it is. You know, if I when I get to the point that I decide to drop another grand on a bigger TV to put out here and then move this one into my bedroom, I'll do that probably, you know? 
Well, here's I, my big dilemma. Because you can work two different TVs with that one, you know? Yeah. Um, my big dilemma is I don't have a 30-foot ladder. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So to get this at a place where it's free... You know, where it has free uh, access to the signal, uh, I got to be up toward the top of my house. And that's a. That's yeah, a, I mean, I've seen chore. where they say you can put that thing in the attic, too. You yeah, but the attic's my. The, the attic, though, is my bedroom. Yeah, I know, but I mean, it's not going to take up all your bedroom. Yeah, it's true. It just looks weird. Yeah, I, mean, I guess. You know, I mean, seriously, how many people are in your bedroom other than you? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> exactly zero. So you got a good point. Good point. Um, so I got a couple things, um, a couple concept shows I wanted to tackle, but um, one we can't because Roscoe hasn't seen. The, um, what's it called? Star Wars yet. Wait, he still hasn't seen Star Wars? Still hasn't seen it. And and it's one thing that if you are downloading the podcast and we could say, listen, if you haven't seen it, forget about it. Screw you. Don't download this episode. But uh, he's in the next room. He's within earshot. So I don't want to. Yeah. And I know it's a month. You should take no him to see Star Wars company. tonight. Uh, to be honest, I th- that I was thinking about that, but um, Syracuse plays Duke. Yes, they do. Which wasn't even on my radar. And if you gave me the choice between watching Star Wars again and watching Syracuse Duke, I'd probably go see Star Wars. Yeah, but he's a much um, he's a much more loyal. Syracuse fan than I am at this point, so he, um, I'm sure he'd want to watch that game instead. Yeah, I mean, I have a little bit uh, higher hopes for it after watching the second half of the game Saturday, because I only got to see the second half. Yeah, yeah. Even though that was the most stressful uh, ass whipping I've ever watched, because we were in constant foul trouble, you know. Well, that's the thing. That's why I don't enjoy this team. Not because they're good or they're bad or whatever. It's they're they're a very stressful team to watch because they're really inconsistent and they just don't have a really likable player, which makes it hard when you're not good. At least you need a rootable interest, you know, a likable player. So that they just they're way too frustrated. There's there's a lot of risk and no reward with this team. Yeah, I. I saw that. I looked at the score, you know, when I was coming back home the other day. I was like, we're up by 20 points at halftime. And I get home and I turned it on because it was on the uh, it was on the ACC regional network, which we get the games for here. You know, it comes on uh, like the local CW affiliate or whatever. They show ACC football and ACC basketball on there randomly. It seems to me that. That they show it on a local station here, you know, but it's good since right. Syracuse is in the ACC now. Right. But, um, but, uh, turn on, they're like, in Syracuse, and lots of foul trouble, and the referees kept blowing their whistles. And I was like, come on, even at the end of the game, like less than like 
Less than 30 seconds left. It was like a 30-point game, and they were blowing a whistle. It's like, come on, motherfucker. Just let the games end. You know? <laughs> right, right. But I was like, how the hell are we the ones in foul trouble when we're winning by 20 points? <laughs> <laughs> you know? It was just... And, it, and then the other reason it's stressful, sometimes these games are more stressful than the close ones, was because, oh, no, we're up by 20 points at halftime. That means there's a chance we can lose a 20-point lead. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the way they kept blowing the whistle, I was like, oh, no. But there was never much of a threat by Wake Forest. We killed them. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's really like I watched the UNC game last Saturday. You know, and I was just like, oh, at least we put up a good fight. And I'm like, it sucks. All right. I didn't expect to beat UNC, but at least we played them. And then it was like, man, if friggin' Bayheim would have been here, we wouldn't have lost all the games to begin the conference play. You know? We probably would have at least we probably would have beat Clemson. I think we could have beat Miami, but it sucks, you know, because Beheim wasn't there, and right. we're not really that good. But, uh, and I don't even mind if I don't see all of Duke tonight, just because it. Oh, I hate Duke so much, and it sucks watching us lose to them, because it's really frustrating, you know. Yeah. Uh but I'm gonna have to watch it. Yeah. So once he once he. You know, told me that that was an option for tonight. I, um, I'm interested. Yeah. You know, I wasn't interested enough to know that they were playing, but now yeah. that I know, I'm down. So that we'll have to I put that wish on the back it was burner tomorrow night. You know. You know why? Because today is why? like today's my Sunday. Oh yes, I understand. Works yes. tomorrow, and now I feel like I got an obligation to have to sit here and watch this instead of doing something else. You know. Yeah, which is funny because I worked all day, so I'm I'm like, oh, a nice, you know, a nice easy evening. Yeah, like on a Tuesday is perfect, or on a regular Monday, it's fine because I'd be at work and I'm looking forward to it, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, the other concept show I wanted to tackle was a was a PG version. Of our show because we've got we have, we have a new uh, budding listener, but oh yeah, who's um, that? Uh, my nephew Cole. All right, I was gonna. I figured it was gonna be one of your <laughs> one of your kin, <laughs> and and he's great because he takes an interest in things even if he has never seen them. Like he knew the entire history, the character history of the Star Wars saga. Just based on reading and looking up things and looking at pictures and like, you know, he got into it without even having it be part of his childhood already. Yeah. Which then let him become a fan very quickly. He's the same way with the podcast. He loves the podcast, but he's never heard. He he, he told me he listened to a few minutes that my brother, I guess, pre-screened for him. Um, this is Jeremy's uh, son? Uh, Josh's kid. Josh's kid. All Josh's right, this kid. is the jujitsu kid? Yes, exactly. He's the oldest uh, of the DeSantis offspring, and he's eight. And, um, you know, he and I get along really well. Where They say there are similarities between me as an eight-year-old and him as an eight-year-old. Yeah. Uh, okay. But I think it's just firstborn son kind of stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, nice. he's pretty smart. He's in the accelerated classes. Um, you know, he's a decent athlete. You know, so this is crazy. where it all diverges from you, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was a, I was a, uh, I was a socially acceptable. I had a socially acceptable athletic prowess as a young child, meaning that I played the sports. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My younger well, brother. I was also talking about the. Uh... <laughs> the accelerated program. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I kid, no. I kid. Academically, academically, I peaked in third grade. Oh, really? Like I was, uh, I was, um, what's it called? Uh, I was um, top of the head of the class. Head of the class. I, I, head of the I, class. I started. Uh, the second grade enrichment program. I had a perfect uh, uh, California achievement test score. Nice. Um, I was I was there. I was there. It went downhill after that, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I rebounded nicely in college where it mattered. But yeah. um, so he, he he they they say there's a lot of similarities between he, he and I, and it's funny we get along really well. Uh, so he was excited that that he knows what a podcast is and that. I have one, and and that he has the ability to to listen to it. So um, I wanted to do an episode, even if the topic was not something that was of interest to him, which we could do. We could come up with with things that he finds interest in that we find interest in. So if we were to do the Star Wars as a PG version, he would enjoy that. He's also a big yeah. fan of the Muppets. Oh, okay. I'm a big and fan I know, of Muppets. Yeah, I know that you're Although a big fan of Muppets. I don't watch the new Muppets TV show. But. Well, either does he, because apparently it's adult-themed. It's yeah, not appropriate it for little kids. Yeah. So there's stuff we could talk about. We would just yeah. probably have to prep for it a Why girls bit. have cooties. <laughs> <laughs> Which so, girls have cooties? Let's name them. <laughs> Um, but we're, we're about an hour in and, um, the, uh, the, the other, the other show topic that I have, I don't know if it's, if it's worth cutting short or maybe it's, it is, maybe it's nothing, but I, I had a trip up to Boston last weekend. Yes. Yes. I know. I know you definitely did. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought that's why we needed to talk because you want to talk about that. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, and and maybe it's it's uh, as I, you know, as we start chatting about it, maybe it's not that big of a deal. Anyway, because it wasn't all that exciting, but it was a good time, and I'll tell you, there was. I had why wasn't a, a, it all that exciting? Because everybody was that why. Well, no, 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 there weren't a lot of like, there weren't a ton of shenanigans. You know, it wasn't like because everybody's old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are past but, shenanigans. <laughs> Right, right. Oh, most of those people are married with children. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what usually makes for an exciting, you know, yeah, when know. we when I mean, we recount a particular tale or, like this you know. this is the reason one guy in particular has problems with you and me. <laughs> well, here's my this is this is the the summary of my entire trip yeah. is that um and and this my brother Josh, in particular, always gets um, 
always gets on us when we get a little too uh, philosophical or uh, a little too existential. Um, yeah. But this is one of those cases, and and you know I went up there and I hadn't seen a lot of those guys in a long time. And hold on one least, second. Let me, he he gets on us like the podcast are being too existential and philosophical. Yeah, my brother. Yeah, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the episode with where we come back from the Syracuse trip, oh. and you know we kind of wax poetic about the John Dulles. Um, are you happy? Yeah, you know what? I was even thinking about stuff like that. But I was like, we can't talk about that on the show. I mean, even personally, I was thinking about that just the other day. But I'm like, I guess we shouldn't because no one wants to be depressing and stuff. And no one wants a, no one's tuning into this podcast to, to get bummed out about where we find ourselves in life. <laughs> well, which is true. But some of my favorite episodes yeah. are, are just those episodes when – because, listen, at the end of the day, the reason that I still do this and, and – and, and I'm assuming it's the reason you still do it, is that it's really the only time in a in a week and, and you know, whatever, we get a little lazy and it's every ten days, every fourteen days. Yeah. But it's the only time in that period where I kind of kick back and and talk about whatever is on my mind. No, I and I agree and I was even just thinking about that to myself even this morning, like before my mother got here. I, I've never been one to confide in too many people. I don't confide in anybody. And it's kind of one of the reasons where certain issues in my life are what they are, because I'm just not good at that. You know, I don't feel comfortable, you know, but yeah. I was like, you know, at least I can get on here and talk to Sanders, you know, whenever well, and it's somebody I can actually talk to about whatever I feel. I mean, obviously there's a lot of stuff I don't say because I don't want everything to be publicized. But right. I know if I need to speak off the record to you, I can, you know. Yeah, and we'll do that occasionally. And then even if we, if it's not a, such a deep dive, it now we're getting right where you where Josh hates the show. <laughs> <laughs> we have diverged. <laughs> hey, Josh. I think therefore I am. How you like? But this is a great example of of my trip to Boston because um, I hadn't seen a bunch of those guys in a long time. And, you know, I've talked to Reardon recently or we've we've exchanged text messages with, you know, a a group of us or whatever. But I'm really guilty of that. um, I don't know how you'd explain it, but it's almost like a preemptive bias. You know, like the, you know, it's the anti-Boston bias because Boston has the anti-everything else bias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so in my mind, I I, I like, oh, Glenn Fry dead at 67. Glenn Fry? Really? Yeah. Breaking right news. Break, right, breaking t- news. I- yeah, right. Which is funny, you know, because I watched, we talked about that Eagles special. Yeah, the history of the Eagles. And I didn't think he came off very well. I didn't like him. I thought he was kind well, of a dick. Him and Don Henley are dicks. Yeah, okay. All right. That's, I, I mean, that's what I always tell you. And that confirmed it. They're both petty assholes, it seems like. Okay. All right. I wanted to make sure that, that I wasn't. 
out of line thinking that. But uh, yeah, I mean that's why I always and I always heard, I mean from my point of view, and I think it was confirmed by that. That was the problem why the Eagles did break up is because both of those guys kind of are. You know, they both think they're the friggin' bee's knees, right? Yeah, 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 totally. And and I got that impression when they were firing, you know, the bass player and the second guitarist and the whole deal. So As far as I know, and I know he's not an original member, but my favorite Eagle is always going to be Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh, yeah. For one, like, Joe Walsh's, uh, you know, his solo stuff was really good, too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Joe Walsh, Joe Walsh was the coolest. Although he was a friggin', he'll probably say, oh, but I was a friggin' terrible drunk, but whatever. <laughs> Joe Walsh wins points just for that, that clip they have in the history of the Eagles, where the guy, I don't even know who it is, it's at some big concert, and the guy's introducing him, some big stadium concert. The drinking man's musician, Joe Walsh! <laughs> 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 and he's talking about the, the depths of his alcoholism. <laughs> Uh, all right, but go on about the uh, Boston trip since we got a little Deadpool action on the way. <laughs> you tipped me off, and I definitely beat Brian and Carla. Now. Oh, good, good. I forgot. I totally forgot about that. It was uh, that's an ancillary benefit to the. Yeah, that was thing. a big one too. They probably would have been firing away real soon because that's a big one, Glenn Fry. Um, so I went up to Boston and. I had softened my stance on on the preemptive Boston bias. You know, yeah. usually I, I go armed for for you know the shit I'm gonna get, and and it's not unfounded. You know, I went up um, over over uh, Labor Day. Mr. Weird, okay. um had passed, and I went up for the yeah for the Damn, stuff. That was that long ago. Jeez, it, unbelievable, right? Yeah. And so I run into this particular guy, and he's like, "Oh, well, turns out, turns out you didn't forget how to get up here, you know, like like that kind of shit." I'm, I don't take that kind of back shit. on Labor Day that happened. Yeah, exactly. See, that's what, exactly. And I'm not gonna lie, to you, that's the kind of stuff that discourages me from visiting. Yes, it, is the it whole does. thing when you do visit. Oh, what took you so long? It's like. I don't see any you motherfuckers showing up at my door ever. <laughs> so that was my that was my that was kind of my go-to and that has been reinforced over the years by whoever M- multiple people it's whether it's you and I talking or you know me and and Ange or somebody else talking they're like hey those guys never come down here blah 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 so i get i self-justify that stance of being you know standoffish but i said you know what not not this time you know but just I'm gonna be super super psyched, super positive. Lisa sent me an invitation about a month ago. Said, "Hey, listen, um, we hope you can make it. Soap's having a party." And sure enough, I was I was like, "I'm not gonna miss it. I'm gonna go." You know, that's that's what you do. Yeah. Otherwise, you stop getting invited. Yep. You're the guy who shows up, or you don't get invited anymore. Yeah, so exactly. I know. I went up and. Um, and Reardon, you know, put me up at his house. He's like, hey, listen, we're getting a car uh, to drive up to Soap's place because he lives about 40 minutes from, from Reardon. And Reardon lives 40 minutes outside of Boston. Soap is like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we go up to his place. We get a car. And it's a bunch of the St. John's prep guys who I hadn't seen in a while. 
I don't know if any of those names may mean anything to you, but Cochran and Fabby and Driscoll and their wives and their yeah, girlfriends. Yeah, I know Driscoll especially. He worked at we're the, all in the Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, we're all in the car. We're all having a good time. It's a great time. Um, we get to the party. I get to see Kurt and I get to see Monaco and I get to see uh, Bad Brad and I get to see all these other guys I haven't seen in a long time and I had a blast. Um, I happen to see Cuddy and, and, and Shannon and, uh, you know, go over to, to Shannon, give her a hug, go over to Cuddy, give him a hug. He's like, Hey, you know, I didn't know you were coming. It's great to see you. It's very exciting. And I was kind of waiting for, you know, for the other shoe to fall, but it never fell. And then had a blast, danced and, and, and boozed and, and ate and went home, fell asleep and the next day, Reardon had organized a Boston get-together because Sean couldn't make it to the party. Yeah. And the Peters brothers couldn't make it to the party under, you know, normal circumstances. Friday night, those guys can't, you know, can't make it out of town or whatever. Um, Joe Romano happened to be in town. Yeah. Uh, Cuddy made it out. Little Koopy was there. So it was a, like a, a, a nice gathering, you know? Yeah. And uh, again, it was it, it was a blast. And you know, I'm thinking to myself during the during the gathering was, man, if if everybody was so receptive and so congenial all the time, it would make me, you know, it would make me want to come up more. But then I'm like, wait a minute, you know, maybe I'm different. You know, maybe I'm yeah. more congenial. Maybe I'm more receptive, and that just makes everybody respond to me. And and I think that's what happens. I think especially with me. And I kind of, you know, you kind of you kind of do a little deeper dive, and you start going back, and you start, you know, self evaluating. And that's probably true with with any of my relationships or any of my, um, you know any of my interactions yeah. with folks is I probably drive the train more than anybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people tend to react to me. And if I'm, you know, loosey-goosey, fun, and, and light, well, then I'm kind of fun to be around. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? But if I'm brooding and 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 downtrodden and sullied, then... Uh, it probably sucks to be around me, you know. Yep. Yeah. So that was the that was the take that that I that was the takeaway from from the so whole trip. She went a better better place this week last weekend. Uh, I'd have to say. Yeah. I'd have to say without a doubt, and it made for a much much more enjoyable, uh, you know, much more enjoyable gathering. Even even to the point where I'm a rise and shiner. You know, I talk about this with guy all the time. Like, I hit the road. Uh, if I'm going to be gone for a weekend, I want to be home as early as possible. Yeah, and, I get that. And even if I'm flying, even if, you know, I'll try to book the early flight. No, I don't. I mean, flying for me, sometimes I like to go later, but I don't want to get in so damn late at night. You know, I just don't want to have to get up way early. But I do hate the dilly-dallying, like when you drive somewhere. I do hate the, the dilly-dallying, like on a Sunday, you know? Yeah. 
Because if you yep. got to get back, let's just get back because it's a pain in the ass. You know, I agree exactly. with that definitely. But even so, Sunday I woke up and, you know, slept in a little bit and took a shower, gathered myself, cleaned up the room, went downstairs. Mike and Danique were there. She's like, let me get you some breakfast. And I said, no, I can't tell her that I can't eat breakfast before I get in a car. Or else I'm going to have to shit for the next six hours. But, yeah. um, you know, she kind of understood and, and tried to give me like some light fare. She gave me like an English muffin and, um, you know, Reardon was just kind of playing with his kid and I sat and, you know, normally I'd be watching the clock being like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. But, I, you know, I was able to sit and enjoy an hour of, of just, you know, conversation and, and lighthearted tomfoolery before it was time for me to go. And it's pouring rain. Oh my God. It was a, it was a downpour. Uh, it was something I wasn't looking forward to. Yeah. You know, like the circumstances were bad, but I was still able to, you know, kind of cut through that and be like, I, I just had a good time anyway. You know? Yeah. So I wasn't, I wasn't in the, you know, in that, you know, defensive mode or that, um, you know, in con- mode of, of being inconvenienced because I had to drive six hours or whatever. Yeah, it was just, a, yeah. it was just a, an awesome time, you know. And each of those guys is is great, whether it's a long form conversation. So I could spend an entire day just tooling around with anybody, BP, Peters, Reardon, you name it. But I can also spend like a compilation. You know, if it, it if the origin if the if the first example was like a long form concept album, this example is like you know a compilation. Now that's what I call music album. You know, <laughs> just a few minutes with each of them, because they're all different kind of genres. You know, so I got at to this talk point, to- it might even be kids' bop version. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the take uh, of Mike Reardon done in the, done by Aiden. <laughs> uh, uh, so it was a good time. It was a good time, and we we got Kaya um, Reardon. Here you go. <laughs> the kids' buff. <laughs> All right. That's, that's basically, what it was. That's yeah, well, I'm glad you had a good time, man. Yeah. So it was a blast, man. So when did you drive up there? Friday, doing early in early Friday. Yep, yeah, yeah. and it's a, it was a beast, man. That and where Boston they do the party? Traffic. They did the party. At, they did the party at Soap's house. Yep. All right. No, 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 no. Soap's town, but Soap's it wasn't town, his house. But there was a it, surprise party. Yes, it was. Right? At so the, they were like um, they had a place rented or whatever. Yep. He All thought right. he was going to a uh, to like a fundraiser for the little league or something. Okay. You know they're pretty big. They're so far away from everybody else. That, you know, they're pretty... What's the name of the town? Groveland. Damn. Where the hell's that? What is it, like near New Hampshire or something? Almost to the border of New Hampshire. Yeah, okay. I mean, and technically they, um, everybody is up that way anyway, right? Like, like Saint, like that's all north of Boston, right? Yeah. Like Lynn and yeah. all that shit, yeah. But so he's just, gro- he just kept going further north and away from that. Yeah, because he's got um, some family ties in New Hampshire. Okay. Um, and actually, he's right. Groveland is right on the border. 
Speaking of Lynn, I just saw something yesterday. I was like, oh, that person's from Lynn. It was like an actor or actress, a famous person. I got to look it up now because it's killing me. It's killing me. Go right ahead. Huh? Yeah, go ahead. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can keep talking, but I um. Yeah, so Lynn, Lynn's about 25 minutes outside of Boston. Then Reardon moved to Beverly, which is another 25 minutes. Yeah, I know Beverly because that's near, that's near Salem. Right? Yep, it's yeah. right north of Salem. It's yep. right north of Salem. And then you start to get out to like Manchester by the Sea, Gloucester, Rockport. Yeah, my, uh, my freshman roommate was from Marblehead. Okay. Yep. And then the kid that lived next to us, he claimed he was from Beverly, but he was really from Manchester by the sea. He was a little spoiled, rich asshole. You know? <laughs> Wait, he was claiming Beverly to keep it real? Yes. Because, yeah, okay. Because be like, he was claiming Beverly because I guess he thought Manchester by the sea made him sound way too wealthy or something. Because if you told me you were from Manchester by the sea, I don't even care if in reality it was some poor fishing village. I would automatically think you're wealthy. Right, right. Because <laughs> you know, like, what kind of blue-collar person names a town man, something by the sea or whatever? You know? Right. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I assume Manchester by the sea has to be a wealthy town. I'd imagine. <laughs> um, so y'all went to... Friggin' Morton's down there, and where is it, like, Southie uh, or wherever the hell it is now? That yeah, one that Seaport. Sean works yeah. at? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. he was working, um, and we went, and we, you know, varying degrees of, of commitment, you know? Some people ate dinner. Some people had full, you know, steak dinner. Some people just had, you know, a couple appetizers or whatever. Reardon and I split a Cajun ribeye. Um, nice. Which I like. I think it's one of the best best steaks I've ever had. Um, okay. And I've been a couple times, and I've gotten it each time. Um, I think it's their famous steak. Their famous steak. Their most famous steak. Uh, that if you were going to go to Morton's instead of somewhere else, it's because you'd want their Cajun ribeye. Okay, yeah. I, never, I mean, I, I've only, the only time I ever ate fully... Like, actually ate a full meal at Morton's was that time I was up there with those guys. I don't think I had that, though. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've eaten, I've, like, the little sliders and stuff when we used to go in there when Mike was working at the one on Boylston Street. Or wherever it was. Uh, Not Boylston Street, maybe, but in Back Bay, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, so, it was a good time, and, and everybody was, you know, it was good to see everybody, and... um you know, every seemed like everybody enjoyed seeing me. So, seemed um, like it. Yes, we had a blast. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know I'm going to get shit from this, but I even enjoyed seeing Joe Romano. <laughs> <laughs> I, I vividly remember the that day at Winthrop when you were given when I guess it was Mike Reardon that said it to you about he wasn't going to let you sit here and badmouth Joe Romano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's funny. So you got to be in a pretty good place, I would I would say, um, if uh, if Joe if Joe Romano makes 
your highlights of your Boston trip. But he did, man. He was he was good. He was funny. You know, he was personable. Everybody had a great time. I had a great time. Makes me want to go up more, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, until I get shit for giving Joe Romano a backhanded compliment on this podcast, and then that's going to get me all my panties in a twist, and then I'm not going to want to go up there anymore. But it was it was great while it lasted. <laughs> oh man I don't know who it is I'll have to look at it another time for my uh, person from Lynn, Massachusetts you know I know it was, I was like, oh that person's from Lynn it was like an older person too, you know let's see uh Fraser Field. I've heard of Fraser Field. Okay. Oh, I know who it is if I see it. It's not Freddie Cannon. Lynn, Massachusetts. All right. You went to Wikipedia? Yeah, I didn't see it there. I'm on IMDb. They got all the people who claim to be from Lynn, Massachusetts, but there has to be more. This is the most popular people born in Lynn, Massachusetts. What I need to go to is just... Go to Len Matt, find one of these people's names and then go to. Oh, Leslie Stahl. That's Le- I was just going to say, Leslie Stahl didn't do uh, it for you? Because, yeah, it, well, I see it on the IMDb list now because she doesn't have a picture next to her name, you know? Because right. I was taught, my mom, I was over there yesterday and 60 Minutes was on and Leslie Stahl. And she's like, oh, she's got to be such and such age. And I looked up IMDb. I was like, oh, she's from Lynn, Massachusetts. <laughs> I would have to say. Probably the most famous, right? Leslie Stahl? Yeah, I'm looking at the list of people, of notable people. From, I would have to uh, I'd have to say that. Josh Fogg, current major leaguer. Freddie Cannon was really big at one time. Uh, Freddie Cannon. Like a, like a blues singer, like a doo-wop singer? He was like a rock and roll singer. Frank Cannon, I think he did Palisades Park. Okay. <laughs> and she's my lassie from Tallahassee, my Tallahassee lassie. They, um, on, if you, IMDb, well, do you remember? If you Google it, it says he's from Revere. But on IMDb, I think it says he's from Lynn. You know, whatever. He's from the North Shore. And he's still alive. He's he's not much. He's my dad's age. Nineteen December fourth, nineteen forty. Says Revere Mass, but you know Freddie Cannon. Tallahassee Lassie, Palisades Park, way down yonder, New Orleans. Yeah, he's he's a staple in all these stations. Well, uh, that's funny you mentioned Palisades Park because obviously um, Palisades Park goes way back into Two Sorry Excuses lore. Yes. And I'm trying to find what episode. Yeah, I remember we were talking about it? Palisades Park. Um. It was early on. It was like probably one of our first few episodes um, where I assumed or had been under the the mistaken belief that Palisades Park, which was written by our old pal Chuck Barris. Yes. But I was under the assumption that it was about a pervert who went <laughs> and rode the um, the Ferris wheel. <laughs> and looked up the skirts of of the chicks uh, above him, which I don't know why I would have thought that. But no, we, do I. We, 
we debunked it. We debunked it somewhere along the line. So um, if you're new to the show, go back in our archives and, and see. We did a lot better job of describing what each of the episodes were like back in the day. So yeah. maybe if somebody's interested and they want to search, it was a good episode. It's a it was a different time in our maturation process. Maybe we were more interesting or less interesting, but um, I don't know. We got into it pretty good back then. Yep, we did. Walter right. Brennan was very big at one time. I'm looking at the IMDb list of the 58 most um, was 58 most popular people born in Massachusetts. Yeah, Leslie Stahl only makes number 12 on the IMDb list, which is weird. What's the what's the list? Twenty five most what? The most popular people born in Lynn, Massachusetts, USA. It's fifty eight people. The most popular people in IMDB, you know? So like a lot of these people, you know, Jack Noseworthy I've heard of, but I wouldn't know him if he fell on me, you know? And whoever wrote his profile has Massachusetts spelt wrong. <laughs> 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 Which I have oh, to think is Jack Noseworthy's friggin' agent or somebody. They haven't spelt Massachusetts. Massachusetts. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, here's Freddie Cannon. Let's see. Right. See, Freddie Cannon is claimed as Lynn on IMDb, but if you Google it, the first thing that comes up is Frey Cannon, Revere. So who knows? Who knows? But whatever. We'll call Leslie Stahl because she's probably the most famous person right now from Lynn. I would say so. Yeah. I Let's go to number 58, though, because this is, should be interesting. Number 58, Chris Peterson, producer, Car versus Plane. Chris Peterson was born in Lynn, Massachusetts and grew up in Nahant. Nahant, or whatever, how you say it, Mass. He attended Bishop Fenwick High. He graduated from BU in 2000. <laughs> so that's somebody who the Reardons might possibly know. <laughs> he graduated from Bishop Fenwick when? Uh, he, probably in 1996. He graduated from BU in 2000. Okay. That's the, that is the least most popular person born in Lynn, Massachusetts, <laughs> according to IMDb. Number 58. <laughs> Chris Peterson. Uh, June 23rd, 1978 in Lynn, Massachusetts. <laughs> Top Gear USA. He was an associate producer on that. All right, enough about this guy. All right, well, um, so I don't know. So I'm glad to hear the Boston trip was freaking a good time. Yeah, it was a blast. Uh, I don't know what else I got to say. I will give you some movie recommendations because I've seen three different movies, or at least three different movies, three big ones since we last spoke. Yeah. Um, I finally saw The Martian. Fortunately, because at the Aquarium IMAX Theater, they were they decided to show it there in 3D, so I got to go see it, because it was one of those movies I missed when it was out the theater, even though it was out forever. Okay. That was a really intense movie, the one with Matt Damon. Yes. So if you, you have 
If you haven't seen it, if you have the means to see it on the big screen, go see it because it's a it is a big screen type movie. Uh, I saw the Hateful Eight in the seventy millimeter roadshow version. Okay, the special version they were doing. I think we might yeah. have even talked about it. We did talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I it sucked because it was awesome because it was awesome. Problem was, you know, everything had to be retrofitted. I think the actual auditorium they were doing it in wasn't. I don't think it was big enough for the projection, you know, because the projection was cut off like at the bottom along the bottom horizontal of the screen, you know? Right. And I think that's probably because they weren't able to use the biggest auditoriums where it's further back uh, because they're all being used by like Star Wars. Okay. Yeah, but the guy we were with, it was Jordan. Jordan and I went to see it, and one of his good friends is a manager of one of the AMC theaters. So we went with him, which is cool because we got him for free. Uh, but oh, he was telling us they had to like, you know, they had to actually cut like a new hole. Or they had to do all this stuff up there just to, because they're, the theaters aren't set up. The projection rooms aren't set up for the 70 millimeter equipment. You know, you know it's funny. Roscoe was telling me the exact same thing. Um, he's like, yeah, they, uh, he's like, that was probably a pain in the ass because no theaters are, are they had all had to be retrofitted. Yeah, and that that's the thing too. So it's not like you could just be like, "Oh, it doesn't work on this screen. We're gonna have to let's just move it to other theater because you couldn't. They had to like build new shit up there, you right. know." And uh, the guy Madardo, that's the name of Jordan's buddy. He was telling us that they actually had to fly in this guy, the projectionist, you know, because it's such a rare thing that like there's only so many people in the country that know how to that are that are qualified to do it you know so they had some guy who was in town for like two or three weeks just to be the projectionist for the 70 millimeter version of this and what so the that particular version was just like a limited release yeah and what he did it was like gone it was like old school movies what was really cool was a there was no trailers before it so the movie just started but before the movie start, starts, it's like an old movie. They, it's you know, you see on a screen just to let you be aware that the movie's ready to begin. It says overture and music's playing. You know, like, like basically get in your seat and get ready. You know, right. so that goes for a couple minutes and the movie starts. And then there was an intermission, like a fifteen minute long intermission, which was great because you know it's a long movie anyway. I got to refill my drink. You know, got some more popcorn. I'll tell you what, I I wouldn't mind. An intermission in movies. Yeah. So uh, I was like, this is great. And then I went to go see uh, The Revenant with Jordan a few days ago. We went to go see it. And that's a long-ass movie, and it's really good. But I was like, man, this movie could definitely use an intermission. <laughs> see, that one's playing in the um, single-screen beach cinema, which um, they're not always like second-run movies. It's yeah. You know, but it's a couple weeks later, okay. and every movie I think is less than ten bucks. Oh damn! So we go see it then. You go on a Friday That's night; cheap. it's going to be ten bucks, but the matinee might yeah. be six. Yeah, you know, the Revenant was really damn good. 
Hateful Eight was really damn good, but I love Tarantino. You know, but both of the I rec all three of those movies, like, were awesome. You know, but they're all all three of them are long ass movies though. You know, with the intermission, everything that made the um, that's the Hateful Eight movie. It ran like three three oh five or something because of the intermission. And there's ex- there's like. I think there was like seven or eight extra minutes in the 70 millimeter version stuff that's not in the, the wide release, you know? Right. But, uh, but that movie was cool. The Martian, like the last like 20 or 30 minutes when it's the whole, you know, the, uh, the climax of the movie, I was really, you know, even though you know, what's going to happen, you know, you know, it's not a tragedy or whatever. Still, I had like the butterflies in my stomach. I'll say this much about the Hateful Eight: like for a movie that basically all takes place in a cabin, it did not feel that long of a movie. You know? Okay. You know, because three hours is a long time to watch a movie. Sure. You know, especially when there's not much action. You know, like it's all, you know, it's 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 Tarantino. It's very character driven. You know. But um but but I enjoyed it a lot and you know Revenant was oh man they had some it was really good and there's not a lot of dialogue in it the friggin photo- the cinematography is amazing just because of where they filmed it you know and all the shots you get uh and like it is kind of cool that a lot of the movie isn't much dialogue because it's you know it's back and forth like you know, occasionally the stuff that's going on another side with Tom Hardy, but then, you know, the bulk of it is, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Glass, just trying to friggin' survive, you know? Right. Uh, but they had some real brutal, intense stuff in it, especially at the beginning of the movie. So uh, I give enthusiastic thumbs-ups to uh, all three of those films. So that's playing the rest of this week, at least, because they come out with a new schedule every week. Yeah. Um, oh, no, this says it's running through January 28th, so we got 10 more days. Um, the Revenant for $7.50 on any yeah. evening showing, and the evening showing start at seven twenty. I'd go see it, man, if I were you. All right. All right. Done deal. Alright. The other that's, thing that's pl- um, what's that? The other thing that's playing there is Joy. I wanna see Joy. I do wanna see Joy. What uh, And I wanna see the big short too. I haven't seen that either. Uh David O. Russell. What is David O. Russell, yes. Oh, American Hustle, right. I Heart. Yeah, and he oh, also I- did that same movie, but not the same movie, the same cast. Um, Silver Lines Playbook, De Niro, Bradley Cooper, J Law. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, that was a great movie. That movie right, was so very I'll, emotional. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah. Yes. Also, the subject of one of our past podcasts. As a matter yeah, of fact, okay. that that one I know. That one is is called uh, Sanders Lining Playbook. <laughs> <laughs> Sanders Lining Playbook. Nice. Let me see, <laughs> Sanders, what episode is that? Sanders Lining. Uh, 
Oh, of course I misspell it. Sanders lining. Because we're picking up some new we're we're picking up some new listeners these days, uh, and I want to if we're gonna if we're gonna give throwbacks, I want to at least give them references. Episode fifty six, which for some reason. Uh, let's see, 56, the boys are back, Silver Li- Sanders Lining Playbook, the boys are back to lament SU's preemptive postseason ban, discuss Sanders' infatuation with Bradley Cooper, and live and Liv's big logo t-shirt collection. <laughs> Plus the boys show some love for SU legend Derek Coleman, show no love for newsman Brian Williams, and wax nostalgic about movie theaters that smell of old people and piss, which is appropriate because the Bradley Beach single... Th- um, screen theater is the theater that smells of old people and piss. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's why you pay seven bucks to go see a movie there. <laughs> we are one trick ponies that beat one drum, that beat a single drum. So, um, th- for some reason, the iTunes only keeps our last 10 episodes. Oh, really? Which is strange, and I'm sure there's something I can do to fix that. Yeah, but, for, but you can go listen to all of them on the website still, right? Two excuses dot uh, two sorry excuses dot com. I'll yeah. click on the home button, and it's got every single episode that we've ever done. Yeah, plus, okay. plus some of our favorites. We, we, we have a little uh, highlight of our favorites. Episode eleven, Otto's Army Retreats. Well, that's a great Which, place for your nephew to start, you know. I, I would say so. Or is it? I don't know. Some of that stuff's kind of blue. <laughs> well, considering one of our favorite here, here's 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 a list of our favorites. That um, we have four key episodes that or five key episodes that we think everybody should listen to. They are uh, uh, episode eleven, Otto's Army Retreats. The boys yep. pot on despite Sanders' medical maladies, dissecting this, the, the Duke game. Uh, number uh, the second on our top four is Two Sorry Excuses episode thirty in the Navy. So this is when uh, this is when your dad you spend the weekend with your dad. You take him to the movies. Yeah, that was July fourth. Correct, and yep. he talks about uh, being hit on by the guy. Yes. The uh, episode 38 is where we start to get really blue. Um, it's episode 38, the, adv- the misadventures of B-Boy and Cuntwagon. It's <laughs> 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 when I saved the turtle. <laughs> and the woman tried to run me off the road. Yeah, yep. And then finally, this is where this is where it just goes off the rails. Episode fifty-four, uh, two star excuses. Episode fifty-four, anal cum catchers. <laughs> anal, Jesus. So maybe that's not one. That, what's his uh, name? Maybe, Logan. Yeah. Um, Cole. 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 Right. Cole should not uh, should not start at two Yeah, maybe excuses. you should tell Josh to go through a fine tooth comb and figure <laughs> out what's acceptable for him and what's not. <laughs> um, you know, maybe episode one. That might be a good one. I'd have to yeah. imagine that that when we when we launched the pod, we were we were not particularly blue, and uh, we didn't work blue back then. Kind of like um, early early Lenny uh, Bruce. Yeah, yeah, early Lenny Bruce. Yeah, early Lenny Bruce. Now we're just out of control. So, um. But uh, that's all I got, man. I emptied the tank on this one, that's for sure. Yeah, I got nothing else, man. I got to take the dog for a walk and get stuff going before this game starts. I probably probably won't be ready to watch it all for the first half, but that's not a big deal. Yeah, 
Well, you go uh, stretch your legs, take the dog for a little walk. I'm going to get some food and uh, get this episode up. Knock on wood. This is one of the very rare occasions that we don't have to go back and edit some type of technical drop. Because that's what happens. That's what kills the production time is that uh, we lose each other for some reason during the recording and it takes forever to match up the files. But um, this was a one-take Charlie. Straight on. Yeah, good. Nice. Um, So that's that, man. Um, But uh, as always, a good time. A good 90 minutes spent. Yep. It's good to to get back on track here. Um, All right. Well, with that said, apologies to Girk's brother. We will uh, see you guys next week. Yes. And um, and good night, Fredo. And by the way, Fredo sent us a message. (laughs) And now after Cole's listening, I don't think it will be approved. He said he believes that the podcast should have its own stripper. (laughs) (laughs) I told him he could get some good press out there for himself if he's willing to sponsor the stripper. (laughs) (laughs) The Alfredo Quinones, two sorry excuses, stripper. Uh, well then, good night, Fredo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs>